One of our favourite guests on Feed, Play, Love is the wonderful Maggie Dent. Maggie is running a series of events focused on helping parents better manage fear, worry and anxiety in children. The events will run in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth and we have a double pass to each event to give away. It's very exciting. In Calming Today's Anxious Kids, Maggie will be joined by two of her favourite parenting experts. They will not only explore why anxiety and associated behaviours occur, they will reveal simple strategies to improve our children's ability to regulate themselves. To win a double pass to the first Melbourne event on the 18th of May, simply head to babyology.com.au and click on Win to Enter. We'll be giving away tickets to the other cities in future episodes of Feed, Play, Love, so stay subscribed. Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Before I had my daughter, I was convinced I would be raring to go back to work when the time came. But when she was three months old, I swore I would never go back. By the time she was 10 months, I'd changed my mind again. After you have a baby, your priorities can change a number of times. Kirsty Levin is a careers counsellor from the Parents' Village and she joins me now. Hi, Kirsty. Hi there. Good, thank you. Do you see many parents in your practice that struggle with those shifting priorities? Absolutely, all the time. I often have clients that come back to me six to 12 months later to say that they've changed their needs and their priorities and their values and everything have shifted. Yes, absolutely. It's quite confronting, isn't it? I mean, you imagine yourself to be one way and then all of a sudden your internal perception has changed. Yes, yes. And I think there's um, there's a concept that's sort of emerging in some writing that I've come across um, that terms that period of time the fifth trimester. <laughs> and it's the fifth trimester in terms of... Um, you're just coming out of the haze of being absorbed and consumed in baby land. And then you're starting to think about your career in the second lot of six months in a more um, clear fashion, I guess. And that's the fifth trimester I love, when you I start love to think about yourself because your I, career and I your certainly had no clarity, I reckon, for the first 12 months mm. at all. Um, so how do you start to talk about that with parents? Because if they're seeing you at that phase when, say, their baby's around six months, it can be really confusing to work out what it is you want. How do you help parents sort through that? So I often look back retrospectively first to see why they're starting to question um, what their decisions are and what their career path should be. And the reason that I do that is because I want to understand how they enjoyed or were dissatisfied in their career path previously, you know, in the lead up to having a baby. And if you can really understand their background and their history and their experiences at work previously, then you get a much better understanding of the context that they're in at that time and and why they're starting to jump to those conclusions and decisions or why they feel confused. So if they really enjoyed their job previously, but it was hardcore and it was stressful and there were lots of demands, then a lot of them will start to question whether they can maintain that level of um, that, that pace and that those demands moving forward. Um, And if they were really dissatisfied and starting to wind down and they were itching to leave work because they were having a baby, then those are also 
clues to indicate that they might need a career change. So there's two very different paths there. There's the path where you still love your job, but you just don't love the hours because it's not compatible with family life. And then there's the complete career change that you just need something completely different. With the first option where you still love your work, but not fussed about the hours, how much... Uh, opportunity is there to change hours in those sorts of situations? I mean, obviously, there are as many career paths as there are humans in the world. Um, but, you know, let's say someone had a corporate job they loved where the hours were really demanding. I mean, is there a way of trying to find similar work but with more flexible hours? Yes. In a lot of roles and in a lot of organisations, there is that opportunity. And really the key to ensuring that those opportunities um, uh, you know, come to the surface is having constant conversations with your managers and with your team or with some of your key stakeholders at work. The, um, the clients that I see that feel like they're in the most distress and, and feel the most confusion are the ones that don't keep up those open lines of communication and don't know what exists in the lay of the land at work um, while they're gone. So it's really, really important to have an ongoing line of communication with your manager to discuss, can my role shift and reshape or be redesigned upon my return? So can I have the same job but with slightly different demands and slightly different workloads? Can I move laterally in my team or within my functional area into a slightly different role that has fewer demands potentially or that is more flexible? Or do I have to keep the same job but move out of the organisation altogether to find a more family-friendly and flexible culture? Okay, which all seems manageable if you um, are, are talking to people at work and not just afraid they'll say no. Looking at the option where you say out with the old in with the new, that seems like quite a different challenge because potentially you're going to need to retrain again. But But even before you get to that, Someone realising they don't love what they do doesn't mean they know what they do want to do. Mm. How do you help people find the path? Really good question. So I think it's really important to start with their core priorities and values that have shifted since having a baby because those absolutely move and change quite dramatically for a lot of new parents after children come into the mix. So there's a process of career self-assessment, I guess, that needs to take place. And when you're doing a self-assessment, first of all, you're looking at your core strengths. So where were the areas in your previous work life that you made the most impact, that you felt the most positive, that where you were getting the best feedback from other people around you, where you got the best performance reviews? So those are your core skills and your core strengths. And when we think about those, we separate them into technical skills, so things that are particular to your industry or your line of work. And then we look at transferable skills, which are all the broad skills that could apply to any type of job. And then on the flip side, we look at all of those areas where you felt like you struggled, where you needed more development. And in those areas, you have to ask yourself, in those areas of weakness or development, did I actually want to improve upon those skills or did I want to leave those behind and never apply those ever again? Because that will give you a bit of an idea of which direction you should be moving towards. So for example, were you great at sales and closing deals? Were you great at brokering relationships with your people and therefore you should be in more of a people um, service oriented type of role? Or were you better at the operational task focused types of activities at work? And those are the hints and the clues that give you an idea of your set of skills that you should be promoting to a future potential employer. 
right? And then we have to look at the next layer, which is what types of um, cultural aspects do you enjoy the most in an organisation? Do you like a hierarchical structure? Do you like a flat, open sort of structure at work? Do you like working with a small team, a large team? Do you love having customers and other team members around you? Um, And then broader than that, what type of industries appeal to you? So when we're really thinking about exploring everything that's possibly out there, there are a lot of clients that I deal with, a lot of people broadly, that have no idea about the range and the breadth of jobs that exist across all the different types of industries because they've only ever worked in one area, one line. Um, And so the idea is to open up their mind to see that there are so many different industries that have the same functional areas within them. So you might work in a customer service-oriented role, and those sorts of roles exist across all sorts of products, services, industry groups, right? Mm. So it's the idea is to really open your mind up and to, do, to conduct appropriate research, realistic research, to figure out what companies, what industries, what products and what services most appeal to you that might align with your values, that exist in your local area that you're willing to travel to because there are additional layers of um, information that you have to consider. And those become your list of of starting point organisations that you would then filter down and um, investigate further to find out whether there are jobs existing in those organisations. And what I love about that is even if you're completely changing what you do, you're not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. By the time you've had a child, if you've already had a job, you have skills and lots yes. of those can't. You, you don't have to think, oh, well, I worked in advertising and now I want to work for a bank. You don't have to think, well, now there's no transferable skills there. Exactly right. And I think a lot of parents underestimate the strength of their skills and their knowledge and their expertise that they've built up because their confidence has taken a little bit of a beating with having a new baby. And I think the process of um, drawing out their previous experiences and their wins and their discoveries in their previous lines of work helps them to see that they do have a huge bank of knowledge and expertise that they can then um, apply to their next opportunity. So it's it's all about learning how to re-promote yourself as you did before you had kids. It's interesting as well because I have found in the past that a lot of women in particular feel like the only option once they have babies is to work for themselves. What's your response to that? Oh, that is a hard slog. I think, um, yes, if you're willing to take a risk, if you have the resources and the support to back you up while you um, go down that road of self-discovery into small business and entrepreneurship, then, you know, all the power to you. I think it's a fabulous, um, it's a fabulous adventure and challenge to give yourself. And lots of people succeed um, in running a small business, but then there are also lots and lots of people who don't succeed down that road root. And I think it's because it is such a struggle and it is actually a lot more work than people realize. It's almost a 24-7 investment in the beginning to set yourself up with a small business. And it does require a lot of multitasking, a lot of juggling of many balls in the air. And you have to upskill in areas where you might never have had experience before. You have to be an administrator, a marketer, a technical IT person, um, you know, a great networker, etc. And all those things bundled up make it a very challenging experience to run your own business, I think. And I think the the biggest um, 
myth about working for yourself anyway. Well, it's not a myth. People do it because they want to spend time with their families. But the the mums I know who work for themselves give everything during the day to their kids and then they spend all night giving everything to their career. So they're actually on more than any other working parent I know, but they're somehow in this category that is a no man's land. Like people are like, oh, you you work from home. Okay, you can pick my kids up from school. You can do, and they, and they can, yeah. but that doesn't mean they're not working. Exactly they're just right. working when everybody else has their feet up. Yes, and that's not always the most flexible outcome no. for all parents. If you're passionate about it, great. But if you're going there for flexibility, there are other options. Absolutely. Sometimes being a salary man or a salary woman is a much easier option. I think it's to go always yes. Having yes. done the other one, yes. it's always the easier option <laughs> in my mind. Um, so many of these questions, I have to admit, are actually a luxury, aren't they? Because a lot of parents will have babies and then know that after maternity leave or even after, you know, it could even be three months, they have to go back to work. They don't have a choice. Financially, they have to be there. Is there any way to change your work, your career, what you're doing to earn money. When you're in that space where you're so dependent on paying the rent, the mortgage, whatever, you have to go back to work. Um, I imagine some parents will feel locked into the work they do, even if it doesn't suit their family and they don't love it. 100%. There are so many parents that feel trapped by the financial restrictions and the time restrictions that are placed on them, I guess. And they do have to go back to that same job that they potentially really disliked. Um, So that's very, very common. And I speak to lots and lots of people who are in that position. And in that case, I often say, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Try to find avenues within your current organisation where you can possibly move around or redesign or reshape your role. And in that case, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of assertiveness. And the message that I want to send those parents is that you have to own your own career. You have to ask yourself, are you willing to sit back and accept the current status quo for the next couple of years? Because that's what you've walked back into. And if you're willing to accept that and to just treat it as a job that sustains you financially, then fine, if that's all you need in life. But if you are really seeking development, progress, satisfaction, a sense of achievement and pride in what you do, then you must be assertive and take ownership of your career. And you have to do whatever it takes within those current boundaries, I guess, to investigate that, to speak to your manager openly, to speak to your peers and to keep your eyes open for any opportunities that might arise in the organisation. And it may not happen overnight. It may not happen in the first six months and you may really have to toughen up and slog it out for the first six to 12 months until you find your feet again in your current job and get used to you know, all the new changes that have taken place while you've been away and then start to do little bits of research to find out how you can shift around in the organisation. I would never suggest to anyone, well, you've just got to suck it up and stay put because, you know, most of your life is spent at work. (laughs) So you've got to try and enjoy it in some way, shape or form. Kirsty, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. Thanks so much. That's Kirsty Levin. She's a counsellor at The Parents' Village. You'll find links to their website in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.